In more ways than one, Dwight Eisenhower was a very important president. He ended the Korean War, promoted moderate republicanism, and even showed the first televised advertisement during his 1952 run for the presidency. But perhaps one of his most influential actions was the creation of the New Look, a series of government programs dealing with foreign affairs and national defense. The intention of the New Look was to reevaluate the priorities of the U.S. military while also decreasing national spending. Specifically, Eisenhower committed the United States to a smaller army and navy and the expansion of nuclear weapons in the Air Force, and economically promoted a free market approach and smaller expenditure, limiting economic assistance to other countries, especially in Latin America. Hello, and welcome to Candid Cold War, a podcast in which I discuss the issues of the Cold War in relation to the Americas. On today's episode, the reasons for characteristics, and impacts of Eisenhower's New Look policy. In 1952, Dwight Eisenhower was elected president of the United States. He had run on a Republican platform and was well known across the country for his previous military career, serving in the United States Army during World War II and after as Supreme Commander of NATO. As a result, he was not widely considered to be soft on communism, which was a criticism often leveled at democratic politicians. Despite this, Eisenhower and his Secretary of State John Foster Dulles were publicly and vehemently opposed to communism, and these beliefs were reflected in the policies that were quickly implemented after the 1952 election, Eisenhower's New Look. The New Look policy encompassed four main areas. First, it put focus on strengthening the American economy. Second, it increased production of nuclear weapons with the intention of deterring Soviet aggression or, if necessary, fighting another war. Third, the New Look saw the start of the Central Intelligence Agency, which carried out covert actions against individuals, organizations, and governments to the benefit of the United States. Fourth, this policy aimed to create and strengthen diplomatic relationships between the United States government and other countries that had not yet formed alliances in the Cold War context. The intentions of the New Look were a clear and direct response to the growing tensions between the United States and the Soviet Union. Nuclear weapons had already been used in the Second World War by the U.S., and the USSR had carried out its first successful nuclear tests in 1949. As a result, there was a growing concern within the United States about the prospect of nuclear war. Eisenhower felt that it was therefore a better military strategy to have a greater number of nuclear weapons than the Soviet Union, so that in the case of outright military aggression, the U.S. would be at an advantage. Another reason for the new look was concerns about the spread of communism from the Soviet Union and China. The new look was an extension of the containment policies of Harry Truman's presidency, and the belief of Eisenhower and Dulles in brinkmanship strategies. Brinkmanship was the practice of allowing events to escalate to dangerous levels in the hope that the opposition would back down, fearful of the consequences of outright war. In the Cold War context, This meant the United States threatening massive retaliation and the usage of nuclear weapons against the Soviet Union and China, in the attempt to scare them away from spreading communist policies to other countries. Finally, the New Look was implemented as a response to the economic recession of 1953. By this point, the Korean War had ended, which reduced defense costs. However, lower tax rates reduced full-time employment revenues and the deficit in the full-time employment budget fell dramatically. As a result, Eisenhower wished to limit U.S. expenditures, which led to the economic policies of the New Look. These tended to revolve around limiting foreign aid and ending low-interest loans in the Americas. 
So now that we've outlined why the new look was created, it's time to discuss its actual characteristics. As I mentioned previously, the new look encompassed four areas, the economy, the military, intelligence operations, and diplomacy. The new economic policies reflected a free market laissez-faire approach. This economic strategy promoted letting the market move and fluctuate on its own, with minimal interference from special groups such as the government. And again, the policies that were implemented were largely specific to the Americas. Eisenhower put commodities proposals that were made during Truman's administration on hold, which left the cacao and coffee markets much more vulnerable to economic fluctuations. The creation of the Inter-American Development Bank, which financed developmental projects in Latin America and the Caribbean, were paused. Latin American countries were also advised to encourage private foreign investments into their industries and economies, which in turn served the interests of U.S. corporations. All of these actions either decreased U.S. spending overseas or helped to bolster the American economy, both of which were the intended effects of the New Look economic policies. When the New Look was applied to the United States military, it focused on reevaluating the priorities of the Department of Defense. As the country was no longer fighting in a war, the sizes and funding of the Army and Navy were decreased, while nuclear weapon reserves and the Air Force were expanded. During Eisenhower's administration, for instance, the U.S. stockpile of nuclear weapons increased from 1,200 to 22,229. The Air Force was expanded as it would be necessary for use if nuclear strikes were ever to occur. The military and Navy, on the other hand, were becoming a less vital aspect of warfare in the face of new weapons technology. Alongside this shift, Dulles began communicating to the public that the United States was on a moral crusade against communism and would use any means necessary to spread its curb. This, along with the strategy of brinkmanship, would define much of Eisenhower's foreign and defense policies for the remainder of his presidency. However, it is also worth noting that Eisenhower did understand the great danger that nuclear weapons posed, especially as the Soviet Union also began stockpiling nuclear weapons. The idea of mutually assured destruction, or MAD, was a prominent concern, prompting two U.S.-Soviet summits to address the threat of nuclear weapons, held in 1955 and 1959. The third focus of the New Look was intelligence operations and the creation of the Central Intelligence Agency. The CIA had been established in 1947 by the National Security Act, which charged the agency with carrying out intelligence-gathering activities and then disseminating that information which affected national security. As the CIA functioned primarily overseas, Eisenhower and Dulles recognized its potential to gain information on communist countries. The CIA quickly became involved in subversive tactics and paramilitary actions, and used many methods to perform its functions, including having foreign leaders on its payroll, co-opting business executives who worked overseas to report back on economic circumstances and vulnerabilities, and conducting covert operations to overthrow regimes that were seen as hostile to U.S. interests. Another important aspect of the CIA was that it was removed from the executive branch, meaning that the president could claim plausible deniability for actions carried out by the CIA which were unethical or illegal. During Eisenhower's presidency, he used this separation to claim ignorance of unpopular and unethical events that took place in Guatemala and Iran. Finally, the new look placed an emphasis on fostering relationships between the United States and countries that had not yet allied themselves in the Cold War. Because much of the motivation for the new look stemmed from fears around communism and the threat of the Soviet Union, 
Eisenhower felt it was vital that the U.S. become friendly to nations that had not voiced their support for one side or the other. But the hope was that these actions would deter more countries from falling to communism, making it another aspect of extended containment policies. In 1958, for example, Eisenhower sent his vice president, Richard Nixon, to Latin America to congratulate President Arturo Frondizi of Argentina on his election. This was in part to extend the appearance of American goodwill throughout the country and continent, though it was also intended to evaluate the state of Latin America in regards to communism. These four areas, economy, military, intelligence, and diplomacy, made up Eisenhower's new look and characterized his presidential actions for both of his terms. But what impact did the new look actually have, both in the United States and in the world as a whole? Was it even effective? To an extent, especially domestically, yes, the new look was successful. Eisenhower was an incredibly popular president and won both the 1952 and 1956 elections by a considerable margin. This certainly contributed to the popularity of his new look policies across the US, as did the pervasive fear of communism, which was exacerbated by other social factors such as McCarthyism. Although there were certainly people who did not approve of the use of nuclear weapons, there was a general agreement that Eisenhower had expertise both as a president and as a member of the military, and so could be trusted to make the right decisions concerning defense, both domestically and internationally. Additionally, Eisenhower's New Look policies helped to boost the economy out of its depression, with the U.S. gross domestic product rising 150% between 1945 and 1960. Internationally, though, the New Look had a much different impact. Eisenhower and Dulles maintained a high level of concern about the state of Latin America and its exposure to communism. The United States also had clear economic interests in the region that meant that it was vital it remain outside the Soviet sphere of influence. As a result, both the U.S. government and the CIA interfered with Latin American governments and social movements to the detriment of the region. In 1954, for instance, Eisenhower ordered the CIA to remove the democratically elected Guatemalan president, Jacobo Arbenz Guzman, from office, accusing him of communist sentiments. In reality, Arbenz had called for agricultural and labor reforms which would have decreased the power and profits of the United Fruit Company, an American corporation with unethical practices that had profited greatly from previous corrupt presidents. Similar instances of the United States interfering with the political processes of Latin American countries were seen throughout Eisenhower's administration with another being the CIA training exiled Cubans to invade Cuba and remove Fidel Castro from power. All of this resulted in anti-American sentiments being spread across Latin America, and eventually the realization in the United States that restoring economic aid would provide stability to the region and restore goodwill between the nations. This new commitment was not maintained, however, especially once Fidel Castro came to power in 1959. Overall, while the intentions of the new look may have been to protect and strengthen the United States, it ultimately had a negative and long-lasting impact on Latin America, which negated some of the positive impacts that were seen within the U.S. Although the American economy was revitalized and an emphasis placed on defense against communism, the actions of the Eisenhower administration contributed to the rise of corrupt leaders in Latin America that harmed U.S. interests. Well, that's all for this episode of Candid Cold War. I hope you enjoyed learning about the reasons for characteristics, and impacts of Eisenhower's new look policy.